All right, well, it's great to see all your beautiful, wonderful faces here today. And for those that couldn't be here today, uh, just keep them in prayer. And before I even begin this morning, we did want to say a prayer for Domingo. Now, Domingo, who's a part of our church, he called me up this week. Uh, actually, his wife did Nene. And he's been diagnosed with liver cancer. So we went to go pray for him on Friday night. And I did mention that to a couple of you already. So keep praying for him. He's a wonderful man, isn't he? Just always smiling, always just so grateful. Even when we went to go visit him, he's looking jaundiced a little bit. He spent four days at UCSF. And he's been released, but um, he needs to undergo some chemotherapy. Uh, But the doctors are are waiting for that because of a cyst that uh, has grown. And it's in an area where they can't remove it. So uh, keep them in your prayers. Because how many know that with God all things are possible? Amen? We serve a, a, a mighty God, a healer, a deliverer. So keep believing for Domingo. And also pray for peace and comfort for his lovely wife, Nene. She was the one that was really more worried than anybody. Domingo was a big old smile as soon as we walked into his house. Big old smiling. Great to see you. Just like you see him here on Sunday mornings. And you would know that he was ill just by his spirit, by his attitude. He was he, he was saying to me, I'm ready to face my God. I'm ready to go if that's what the Lord wants. So it, that's a great attitude to have. But I know not everybody can say that at times like that. But he surely could because he knows his Savior. Amen. So just keep him in your prayers as you pray this week. Amen. Well, we're going to continue this morning with our series. And it actually started last week with Raquel. When Raquel spoke last week so eloquently. How many liked that last week? Huh? Give her a hand again. She spoke on, on identity in Christ. And how we're new creations in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come, right? And so it was a great reminder, even as a teenager, to understand that the world tries to tell you who you are. Amen. Anybody ever have that happen to you? That somebody tries to tell you who you are? You know, one of the first things as as adults, now that our children are in kids' churches, when you meet people for the first time, okay, my name's Rick. Oh, my name's Joe. So what do you do? And what do you do? Right? That's the common courtesy. That's the common exchange. And for a lot of people, what they do represents who they are. But how many know that should never, ever be the truth, never be the case? I'm a pastor, but that doesn't define me. I am, I am more than a pastor. I'm a child of the king. I'm his son. And each of you, you may fulfill a particular uh, position, but that's not who you are. If you're a teacher here today, that's not who you are. That's one of your attributes. But again, it's who you are in Him. So the title of this sermon is, My Identity in Christ, I Am Who He Says I Am. Everybody say, I am who He says I am. am am. Amen. And don't allow the world, your friends, peer pressure to tell you different. So this morning I want to start off by reminding every one of us that there is an enemy of your soul, Satan himself, who wants to tell you who you are. Who wants to tell you and drill certain phrases into your head from many of you from the time you were little children, this tiny 
all the way up into adulthood, remember those phrases that some adult told you. Maybe it was your father. Maybe it was your mother telling, yelling at you, telling you that you were worthless, that you were never going to grow up and amount to anything, yelling at you and just destroying a life as a child. And that statement still resonates in your mind to this day as an adult. Because how many know that words are powerful? Once they're said, you can never, ever take them back. Every one of us have know that on a first-hand experience. Because, well, how do I know that? Because none of you here are perfect. You've all fallen and failed in that area just like I have. But here's the thing. As, as, as young children... We're told these, these things, these, these expressions, in a, maybe in a spiteful way, and we don't let go of that. We hold on to those things, and somehow they, have, they, uh, they hold on to our spirit, and we can't ever outgrow that. Even as adults, we, we learn to become more mature and more adult, but yet those, that little voice still speaks to us. It says, you'll never be able to do that. You'll never be able to accomplish this. Who do you think you are? and so forth. You know, the world will try to dictate to you who you are. And what I mean by that is the fashions, the, the things that you see on the internet, on TV, and so forth. I remember back in the day, and I'm going to talk about my brother Reuben and I, but back in the day, I wore my angel flights, and my silk shirts, and my three-inch platforms, and my hair was up to here, and I was six foot three with the hair and the platforms. <laughs> I'm not six foot three anymore. But that's the way I dress because that's what the world told me to dress like. You know, I was trying to fit in. My name wasn't Rick. It was Tony Monero from Saturday. No, I better not go there. But you know what? It, it was that fashion. It was that statement. Reuben wore the khaki pants, the white t-shirt, the Pendleton with the, with the cholo shoes on, the winos. Remember the black ones, Reuben? Yeah. I remember seeing those once or twice. But see, the world will dictate to you how to dress. And every one of you had a flashback right now to your childhood. Whether you grew up in the 80s as a woman and that big hair, right? All the women in the 80s had that big hair, including Anna. I see pictures of her going like, wow, that's a lot of hair. You were like six foot tall. You know, Anna's five foot on a good hair day. But again, the world will dictate to you who you are and what you should be. And I want to speak to you today about what the Bible says. So again, as adults, we get attacked by those same unkind words here in our world today as adults. You know, how silly is that? The Bible warns us that our tongue can set off even a forest fire. Our tongue with the power of words, it can set off a forest fire with your actions, with your words. And if we're not careful, we can do that. Now, those words, God wants you to use those words to either build up, to encourage, but never ever to destroy. Let me say that again. God wants you to use your words to build up and encourage others, even yourself, but never ever to destroy others. Your words are never used to destroy others. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. God's blessings will be poured out upon your life when you begin to use words used in love, in, in confidence like that, in constructiveness, in, in, uh, in kindness, in goodness for other people. Amen? Amen. 
Sometimes you may think that you can never experience God's blessings because of your sins in the past, because of who you were or what you said. You can, you can come to this point here today and say, well, no, God could never pour out His blessings upon me. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've said. You don't know where I've been. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you've done, what you've said, where you've been. Today, I want to remind you again that God has a plan for you. He has an identity for you. It's not what the world says. It's not what Satan has tried to drill into your head over the years. But it's what the Bible says. Again, maybe the enemy of your soul is telling you today you'll never amount to anything. That your marriage relationship, if it struggles, it's always going to be that way. It will never ever change. That your husband will never ever love you better. That your wife will never love you better. Or if you're single here today, you may be hearing the enemy tell you that you'll never have a blessed and loving relationship. That that's just a dream. That you could never ever have that. That you shouldn't even think about desiring that. If that's you here today, you may be going through something like that. But I want to remind you again, God has a plan for you. God has His identity for you. And I want to spell that out to you today. Not only is Satan attempting to influence you and tell you who you are, but so is the world, as I mentioned. You turn on the TV, the internet, the radio, the commercials that are on TV are all directed at the consumer. See, I took years ago classes in mass communications on, on advertising, advertisements, and they really think, the advertisement world, really think people are dumb, really think people are stupid. And they will put things in commercials, advertisements, because they really think we're dumb. And you know what? For the most part... They're right, because we fall into the patterns of the world and and this, and we buy this when we don't need that, and we're looking back and we look in our closets and, why did I ever buy that? I never needed that. Why did I ever go here? I never needed to go there. And they're all trying to throw, they're all voices really speaking to you, trying to tell you what to do, where to go, what to buy, what to wear, and so forth. Anybody relate to that today? Absolutely. These are the voices of the world attempting to steer you in the opposite direction from your Heavenly Father. From the programs on reality TV such as the Kardashians. Wait, i got to take a selfie. No. Isn't that where that came from? Isn't that where they came from? I thought that came from them. I don't know. I don't watch it. Sometimes it appears there's nothing but junk on TV. That's why in high school, in another class I took, they used to call it the boob tube, right? You ever heard that expression? The boob tube. Because there's nothing, for the most part, educational, at least back then there wasn't, and it was just making you into a big doofus, you know, just watching TV all day long. Jerry Springer, Jerry Springer, and Maury Povich, and so forth. Are those guys still on TV? I mean, who watches this stuff? We allow that junk to come into our living rooms and we're really saying, here young child, here young daughter, young son, watch this, let the world teach you what I don't really want you to learn, but let them teach you by watching this junk on TV. That's really what you're doing when we, we turn on that TV for our young kids. 
Isn't that the truth? All that junk is really coming out. Now, I'm not saying TV is bad. I'm just saying that the stuff you allow to come into your TV is bad at times. So you got to be careful what you bring into your home. Amen? Now, those aren't the voices we should be listening to, obviously. God left us His last will and testament. And that's the Holy Bible. This is His last will and testament. If you've ever read a last will and testament, it's given by somebody that has passed, and his last or her last wishes are declared on that last will and testament. This is exactly what the Holy Bible is. It's the last will and testament of Jesus Christ to you, to each of you here today. And here's my point today. I want to help you today to see how the Lord sees every one of you. I want to help you today to see, help you see how the Lord sees you today. How He looks at your heart and your spirit and what He has to say about you. Are you ready for that? Let's turn to 1 Peter. In the book of 1 Peter in your Bibles, if you brought your Bibles or electronic device, it's also on your outline for those of you that don't have one, but 1 Peter chapter 2 and verses 9 and 10. 1 Peter and the author is uh, Peter. Just in case you didn't know that. St. Peter. And this is what he wrote. He said here, inspired by the Holy Spirit, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Let's pray right now. Heavenly Father, I ask your blessings upon the rest of this sermon, upon this message, Lord, today, that we would identify with you, that your word would be spoken to us, and that we would receive it. And Lord, that we would be able to lovingly receive it, and realize that, Lord, the the world, the devil has no power over how I should live my life. But Lord, your words rule forever in my heart. And that is what should direct my path. That is what should lead me every day of my life. So Father, I pray your blessing for everyone here, every listener, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So let's go to your outline here. God's view of me in Christ. I want you to know that this is God's view of each of you in Christ. Number one. There's a place for you to write this down. I am completely accepted. I am completely accepted. I am completely accepted. See, when the world doesn't accept you as you are, God does. How many have ever been in a place where you just don't seemingly fit in? Where you, you go somewhere, you're, maybe your group of friends that you have, and you just don't fit in. Anybody ever feel that way? All of you have. All of you have. At different times, it may have been in school, especially in schools as a young person, that's the peer pressure of trying to fit in. And it doesn't change. In adulthood, it continues. You try to fit in. But I'm here to remind you, you are completely accepted by Christ. I want to read a scripture to you in Ephesians 1.4. It says, He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight by His love. So here, there's a place for you to write this down. Because God chose me for everything. See, God had each of you in mind before He created the foundations of the world, the Bible says. He had you in His mind. 
See, when you get married, like Brother Ed and Betty, they're going to go out and celebrate their anniversary. But, you know, even, even before, before they even knew each other, God had them in mind. He had this relationship in mind. They may not have known that. They didn't know that. But at this point in their life, God designed that. He planned that. That was his purpose for them. You may not know right now where you're at, where you're going to be a year from now, much less 10 years from now, but God does. And I want to remind you that you are completely accepted in him. Don't allow the world to tell you you're not. Don't allow anybody to tell you that you're not accepted. Amen? Because Jesus made me acceptable. Jesus made me acceptable. There's a place for you to write that in. See, you're not acceptable because of how good you are, how good looking you are, how rich you are, how, how skinny you are, how fat you are, or how, how light you are, how dark you are. None of that. It has nothing whatsoever to do with any of that. It has to do with Christ with what Christ did for you. Jesus alone made you acceptable. The scripture says in Titus, the book of Titus in the New Testament, chapter 3 and verse 7, Jesus treated us much better than we deserve. He made us acceptable to God and gave us the hope of eternal life. Those are sweet, sweet words right there. We are acceptable because of what Jesus did for us. Amen? Amen. Number two, I am eternally loved. I am eternally loved. Here, here's where we, we sometimes have a hard time seeing this because in relationships, especially as young people, you get to know each other and, and even when you first met, as if you're married here, you're looking at your spouse and you're going, man, do they really love me? And I mean, I know how I feel about them, but do they really, I mean, I really hope they, I mean, I, I know they like me, but do they really love me? And that's a question that can go on in your mind. But I want to remind you here today, that's a question that should never, ever cross your mind when it comes to God. God loves you here today as you are. But here's the great news. He's not content to leave you there. Amen? He loves you exactly as you are. Sinner or saint, He loves you exactly as you are. But He's not content to leave you there. The scripture says in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 10, Once you were not a people... But now you are a people of God. Everybody say this with me. I am eternally loved. I am eternally loved. That's a hard thing for some people to say. Do you know that? You know why? Because they've never heard anybody tell them, I love you. They never heard that growing up. I love you. But when they hear that, they don't know how to react to that. But I want to remind you today, God loves you. You are eternally loved today. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And then our next scripture, Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 3 in the Old Testament says this, I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. With unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. This is Almighty God right here declaring his love for you I have loved you my people with an everlasting love everlasting means how long a year ten years everlasting forever it doesn't change it doesn't matter what winds may come what storms may come that love never ever changes 
We are blessed because of that. See, here's the thing with you and I. We get hurt. We, we get hurt and, oh, I'm not going to love you anymore. I'm going to have a pity party. I'm not going to love you. <laughs> right? I'm not going to talk to you. I'm going to go sleep in the other room. None of you here have ever done that, but I heard people do that at times. But God never does that. God never does that. God is love. That's the, the place for you to write that down. Because God is love. See, in Psalms chapter 100 and verse 5 in the Old Testament, it says this, God's love is eternal. Everybody say eternal. Eternal. And His faithfulness lasts forever. That's one of the great attributes of God that we know about. John 3.16, For God so loved the world. God so loved the world. It didn't say he loved the saints. It didn't say he loved the perfect people. It didn't say he loves the people in church. He said he loved the world. That's every one of us here today with unfailing love. Get over it today if you don't feel loved. Get over it. God loves you exactly where you're at. God loves you. Amen? Point number three, probably the toughest one right here. For many of us, point number three, there's a place for you to write this down. I am totally forgiven. I am totally forgiven. Did you know that one of the hardest things to do in life sometimes is to forgive yourself? You know, you can forgive other people's pretty easily. Sometimes hard, sometimes difficult. But boy, is it hard sometimes to forgive yourself, right? You're the last person sometimes to to forgive yourself. Everybody else will forgive you, but you can't forgive yourself. And you hold on to that. And that lack of unforgiveness, that's what it is, it's unforgiveness, will prevent you from receiving these blessings because I'm here to remind you, God has forgiven you. Forgive yourself. Amen? Forgive yourselves. We can walk around condemning ourselves which is the lie of the devil. Anybody ever feel condemned? Of course you have. Now, whether rightfully so, maybe you've done something that, boy, I shouldn't have done that. Okay, there's a, there's a place for that. But I'm, I'm talking about condemnation. Walking around with this attitude always over your head, like, I'm never going to amount to anything. I'm so dumb. I'm so stupid. Uh, I'm poor. I'll never have any, you know, God's blessings in my life. You know, I, my car's breaking. I'm never going to have anything. I'm never going to do anything. I'm never going to pass this class in school. How am I ever going to do this or accomplish anything? That's condemnation straight from the pit of hell, from your enemy, the, the, the enemy of your soul. Don't listen to those voices. Those voices are there to bring that condemnation so that you can walk away from God. God wants you to say, there's no, He wants you to know there's no condemnation in Him, in Christ Jesus. Raquel brought up the scripture last week in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. That you are now, there's now therefore no condemnation in you. That you are now a new creation. Behold, the old is gone, the new has come, right? That's all of you here today as a new life in Christ. The old is gone. You've, you've closed that down. You've shut that door and said, bye-bye to the old person. That's what I did when I was 24 years old. I said, bye-bye to that old person. And I welcomed the new person. Now, was I perfect? No, far from it. Far from it. I was not perfect at all. Just like you are here today. But at that moment, 
God was able to help me and walk with me in my life from that day forward. He helped encourage me. He helped me to learn my true identity in Him. That's by listening to His voice, not by listening to the voices in the world. Amen? 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 10 says this, At one time you did not know God's mercy, but now you have received His mercy. And then Romans 8.1, which I quoted for you as well, There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? There is now no condemnation. See, before you come to know Christ, this is what the Word is really saying. Before you come to know God, you're walking around always condemned. Everywhere you go, you're not good enough. You're not, you're not going to accomplish anything. It's condemnation slamming down over your head all the time. But when you have a true, let me say that again, a true relationship in Christ, you no longer have condemnation in your life. That's a scripture right out of the Word of God. I have no, there is therefore no condemnation for you in Christ Jesus. Amen? How many are thankful for that scripture today? Amen. You don't have to live in condemnation. That is your identity today. No more condemnation. And it all happens when you forgive yourself. Every one of you here have gone through, maybe are going through things. And notice that word, going through it. You're not stuck in it. You're going through it. So you're going through this process, but you've got to forgive yourself. You've got to let go. That means let go. I let it go. I might not like it. might not want to, but I'm letting it go. And when you begin to let it go, then God's blessing will begin to flow in your life. Amen? How many have seen that to be true? Raise your hands today. Yes, all of us here have. Place for you to write this down. Because it is God's nature to forgive. Because it is God's nature to forgive. See... We should be the first ones to forgive ourselves, number one, because our Heavenly Father forgave us. Amen? Who, who do we think we are if, if we're not willing to forgive anybody or forgive ourselves, yet our Heavenly Father chose to forgive you, each of you, including me. Isaiah, in the book of Isaiah, in the Old Testament, chapter 43 and verse 25, it says the following, I am the God who forgives your sins, and I do this because of who I am. I will not hold your sins against you. That is one of the most beautiful things you can read as a believer, is to know that your sins, which are things done in disobedience to God, that's what sins are, that they're, they're forgiven now. They're wiped, the blackboard, the whiteboard is cleared now. It's wiped clean. It's now an empty whiteboard. Now you can, you can fill that up and create whatever you want on there. But God forgave you of that. In fact, the Bible says, not only does He forgive you of that, He throws those sins into the sea of forgetfulness. In other words, He never remembers, He never recalls those against you again. How many times do we do this? You know, we're, we're having a, a conversation, which then turns into a disagreement, say with a significant other, your spouse. And all of a sudden, you go there, you go, well, I remember when... Right? None of you here have ever done that, but I've heard, again, places that people do this. God will never, ever do that to you. God will never do that to you. Neither should you. Neither should you go there with, 
Well, I remember when, and then fill in the blank, and then you put that person down. And then the, what do they do? Well, I remember when you, and then it just, you just created World War III right there, and it's over. You're sleeping on the couch now. <laughs> Nobody wants that to happen. I have no idea what my couches feel like. I just want to let you know right now. All right. But it's, it's God's nature to forgive, and it should be in your nature. That's part of your DNA now. It's part of your identity to forgive and to forgive others. Can I get an amen? amen. That's probably, of these four points, the hardest one for each of you here today. I know the Holy Spirit is speaking to you today. And I just want you to receive that here today. Amen? And then, the second point here is, because Jesus paid for my sins. Because Jesus paid for my sins. Ephesians, in the New Testament, chapter 1 and verse 7 says this, For by the blood of Christ we are set free. This is, that is, our sins are forgiven. How great is the grace of God. See, there's nothing you or I can do to forgive our sins of the past, to forget our wrongdoings of the past. Nothing you and I can do, say, we can't uh, walk on our knees or kneel on our knees over broken glass and say 50 prayers. All it takes is one prayer. All it takes is one prayer that says this, Lord, forgive me of my past. I come to you and I repent of my past. That's all God wants you to do. That's the first step right there. Forgive me of my past. When you're able to do that, He forgives you. He immediately forgives you. It, it's Step one, step two is He forgives you. Now you are empowered to be able to do the same for others. Because see, God can't use you in His kingdom. And how many know God wants to use each of you here today? You're really, as I like to say here, you're ministers. Each of you are ministers the Bible says, you are His witnesses in the book of Acts, chapter 1 and verse 8. You are His witnesses. So everywhere you go, you're to, to declare the wonderful works of your God, of my God. And when you do that, you begin to shout and tell the world, you know what God did for me? Let me tell you about this amazing grace, how He forgave this old cholo, you know, <laughs> young cholo, <laughs> You know, this guy that used to dress up like Tony Manera, he forgave that person of their sins. You fill in the blank wherever you were at. And here I am today by the grace of God. Yes. By the grace of God. Let me tell you about that. Each of you here today are ministers of God's Word in that way. That's your identity. These are attributes that you should each have today. Jesus paid for your sins. That's why you were totally forgiven. Amen. Not because of how good you are. Not because of what stock you came from. Not because of your last name, your first name, the job you have, the title you have, or yada, yada, yada. It's because Jesus forgave you of your sins. Yes. Amen. Amen. And in closing here today, point number four. And there's a place for you to write this on your outline. I am fully capable. Everybody say that. I am fully capable. Let me read something to you here. You know why you're fully capable? Jesus, exactly. But let me remind you of some great stories in the Bible. Here, just real quickly. 
Jacob was a liar. Moses was a stutterer. So was Rick, apparently. Gideon was a coward. David was an adulterer. Rahab was a prostitute. And every one of them, God used greatly and mightily. Every single one of them. Jacob was a liar. Moses was a stutterer. Gideon was a coward. David was an adulterer. Rahab was a prostitute. And God used every one of them greatly. What that's telling you and I is, it doesn't matter where you came from, what sins you've committed, what sins were committed against you, God can restore you and put you in a place where you can serve God great and mightily. Amen? Amen. Amen. Every time I read something like that, it reminds me of, of God's grace and how God can use anybody. Amen. See, the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, which we read earlier, you are royal priests. You really are. Chosen to tell about the wonderful acts of God who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Did you know that you were living in darkness before? Before you come to Christ, you're living in darkness. All of a sudden, like, like last night, anybody get up in the middle of the night, have to go to a certain little room? Anybody here? Okay, you know what I'm talking about. You get up and sometimes if you don't turn that light on, you hit those shoes or you hit that object that you forgot was laying right in the middle of the floor. Anybody ever done that? But it's amazing how when you turn that light on in the morning or or the light comes on, naturally the sunlight, you see all these objects that you didn't see before. And that's what God does to you when He comes into your life after you repent All of a sudden, now you begin to see all these things that you need to now get straightened up in your life. That light begins to shine in the darkness and begin to illuminate all the areas of your life that, man, I didn't realize it was that bad. I didn't realize that was there. I didn't realize this was there. I got to take care of business. I better get busy. God begins to do that in your life. I am fully capable, the Bible says. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 says this, The capacity we have comes from God. It is He who made us capable of serving the new covenant. We are capable because of God. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Amen? Now why can we do this? Here's the question, why? Because, as Elizabeth pointed out, because Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me because of Christ. The scripture in Philippians 4.13 says this, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Is there someone here today that says, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can struggle another year like this last year or these past six months. I want to remind you today, You can do everything through Christ who gives you strength. Amen? Amen. Why am I capable? Because Christ lives in me today. Amen. Give him a hand clap. That's a reason to celebrate. Lord, we thank you for that. Thank you for that. I am completely accepted. I am eternally loved. I am forgiven. Totally forgiven. I am fully capable. That is your identity today. That was not your identity before. 
before you came to Christ. That was not your identity. It is now. That is your identity. It's not what you do for a living. It's not your title. It's not your degree up on a wall somewhere. This is your true identity, who Christ says you are. How many receive that this morning? Amen? Amen. I want to pray right now. I just feel that there's still... I want to pray for, for, for individuals this morning that still do not feel that identity resonating in their spirit. So this morning, I just want you to bow your heads and pray with me. So as we bow our heads, Lord, we come before you. And Lord, I pray this morning for anyone here today that still may be either struggling, not in that place, and they heard what I had to say, but they're not feeling it, Lord. They've not accepted that into their life. Lord, I pray that you begin to do a wondrous work in their life, Lord. That God, that you grant them the desire, Lord, to seek you for direction in their life. That you fill them with wisdom. And I pray that you would guide their steps each and every day. That they would come to learn who their true identity is. And that's only found in you, Christ. Only found in you. But Lord, also at this time, I want to make sure I give everybody this opportunity. And that is to receive you, Lord, into their life. And that's a simple prayer. It's not very complicated. Because Lord, you said in your word, unless we become as children... We can't really hear you. We can't understand your word. And Lord, we we do that in our spirits this morning. And Lord, I pray right now for anybody here that doesn't have a relationship with you, maybe has been struggling with that. Maybe they want to renew that relationship with you because it's not about a denomination. It's not about belonging to Foothill Christian, American Canyon. It's not even uh, coming to church, Lord. All this Christianity is about one thing, developing a personal relationship with you, Lord. And I pray that right now, if anybody here is in that place and they want to begin that journey, recommit themselves to you on that journey, just raise your hand right now so I can pray with you. If With everybody's head bowed right now, if that's you, just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to say this prayer, church, with your heads bowed still. I want to say this prayer that we give at this time. And I want everybody to repeat this with me, if you would. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. I ask you to forgive me of my sins, all my wrongdoings. Make me whole again. Make me new in your sight. I receive you today as my Lord and Savior, as King of Kings. I am forgiven. Help me to live that way. Help me to experience your love and forgiveness today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.
Amen. If you said that prayer for the first time today, that's what the Lord calls accepting Him into your life. That's the very first step. Very first step. And what he, what he promises to do with you at that point is He promises now to walk with you. Anybody here ever read that poem, Footprints? Bless you. Have you read Footprints before? Read that poem? That's the Lord here right now. He's now walking with you hand in hand. He's walking with you. And you know what the poem does as well? When you get through those tough times, He doesn't just walk with you. He swoops you up and He carries you now. He carries you through those tough times of your life. And that's what you have now as a blessing when Jesus Christ comes into your life. Apart from Jesus, I can do nothing, the Bible says. Apart from Him, I am nothing. But with Him, I am more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that's each of you here today. So I just want to remind you of your true identity. Hold on to that. Cling to that each and every day. Amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you today.